this is a faithful saying, deserving full acceptance, that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, among whom I am foremost of all. 1 Timothy 1 and verse 15. Thanks for joining me today. This is Faithful Sayings, broadcast by the Leon Valley Church of Christ. Well, good morning. We're in Proverbs chapter 2 today. Proverbs chapter 2, it's a pleasure to be with you. I'm looking forward to studying with you. And this is going to be part 4 in our new series on Proverbs. And we're in chapter 2, looking at the second speech from Solomon to his son. You remember in our introduction we mentioned that uh, Proverbs chapter one through chapters 1 through 9 are composed of a series of 10 speeches before we ever actually get to the Proverbs, those little one-liner sayings that are easy to memorize and contain bits of wisdom. So we're looking at these 10 speeches that are interwoven with four poems by Lady Wisdom. We considered the first poem last week in part three of our studies where we are introduced to Lady Wisdom as Solomon is presenting there, uh, presenting her as this woman who is crying out in the streets. She is imploring the naive to come and learn those who lack moral sense. She promises to educate them so that they will be saved from de destruction. And that's how Solomon pictures wisdom. And as he moves forward now, and as we move forward along with him into chapter 2, he echoes those words in his second speech. So begin reading with me, please, in Proverbs chapter 2, and we'll just go with verse 1 here. Proverbs 2 and verse 1, My son, if you will receive my words and treasure my commandments within you, make your ear attentive to wisdom and incline your heart to understanding. For if you cry for discernment, lift your voice for understanding. If you seek her as silver and search for her as for hidden treasures, then you will discern the fear of the Lord and discover the knowledge of God. And so we see Solomon calling his son again to receive his words, to value or treasure what he is about to say here, not only in the immediate context, but in the chapters that are going to follow. He says, incline your, your ear, make it your goal here. You have to uh, listen and incline your heart to understanding. And notice how he uses very similar wording to what we saw in the previous study, you know, whereas wisdom, lady wisdom was pictured as lifting her voice and and shouting an invitation for the naive to come to her. Now Solomon is saying, we have to cry for discernment. We lift our voices for, for understanding. Uh, so this, this second speech, which goes all the way through the chapter, it fills the entire chapter, chapter 2 of Proverbs, I think it can be broken up into four parts. And we just read the first part there in verses 1 through 4, where we see again this call to pursue wisdom. And then Paul, uh, Solomon will go on to speak of the benefits of wisdom in verses 5 through 11. We read the first part of verse, verse 5 there uh, just a moment ago. And then he gets specific. He goes through two examples, two spe specific examples of dangers that wisdom, using God's wisdom and the wisdom we find in his book, will help us guard against. And he speaks specifically of evil men and and then the strange woman that he mentions in verses 16 through 19. And then the chapter closes with, this second speech closes with a final summary of consequences in verses 20 through 22. 
So going back to those first four verses now, I think what Solomon wants us to see here, again, are that his commands are to be treasured and that the benefits of wisdom that he's about to enumerate here, that he's about to go through, these these benefits far outweigh what anyone can receive from earthly riches. And he's telling us that truly wisdom, if truly wisdom is is going to be worth it if you will if you and I will just pursue it and see it for what it is the wisdom of God how valuable it is it'll be far worth uh, any riches earthly riches that we can find in in this life and so we have the call to pursue it and exercise it and cry out for it which to me in this text as we see elsewhere means we are to, to pray for it you know we talked about James chapter 1 and verse 5 last week and that's another that's a this is a good discussion in which to bring that text again James 1 5 says if anyone lacks wisdom let him ask God who gives to all uh, generously without reproach and so we're called to cry out for it and, and pray for it. that's certainly one of the the elements here that we see within within the text as to how we're to attain this wisdom how we go about pursuing it we see the need for it. We see the call for it emphasized in chapter 1 and here at the beginning of chapter 2. Now Solomon's going to tell us how to go about that. And the first thing he says, you got to cry out for it. And so if we understand, as you know, as if we jump, if, you know, if we jump ahead just a little bit in the text, we see him say in verse 6, that is the Lord, who, the Lord who gives wisdom, and from his mouth come knowledge and understanding. He stores up sound wisdom for the upright. You know, we put that together with what he is saying in the opening verses there of how we are to pursue wisdom, well then, who is it that, we just asked the question, who, who is it that we're to cry out uh, to for wisdom? Uh, who, who do we go to, to to seek it? And the answer, of course, is, is God and, and his word. And we seek that wisdom through his word and we seek it through prayer, as James says in James chapter 1 through 5. And I believe as, as Solomon is saying here, as we cry out to God for wisdom, and sometimes we can get, I think some folks have the impression that if we are going to pray for wisdom, as Scripture is, is calling us to do, then God is going to uh, zap us instantly with it and just we kind of have miraculous knowledge of what we need to know. And then we just go on our way and we have this wisdom now that from God that's this kind of head knowledge. Uh, but I think that's a misconception. That would be nice if that's how how it worked. But I don't think that's the picture that we're given in in Scripture. Uh, because first of all, we have the responsibility to to pray, but also we see this as a, a process, and the process again falls on our our shoulders. The way that God grants wisdom through this process, uh, it, it's one in which we're we're heavily involved, according to Scripture. Uh, wisdom calls, but we have to answer. We, we have to cry out. We have to pursue. And Solomon is telling us how, right? He says, seek. That's one of the first things he says, says here in, in verses 1 through 4. Seek her as silver and search. Search for her as for hidden treasures. So this is you know, a, a process and it takes effort. We're going to be digging and mining and searching for wisdom at its, at its source, which is the word of God, inspired by, by God. Right? If we put what we see in verse 6 together with what we've seen so far, that wisdom comes from the Lord. He gives wisdom. It's from His mouth. Well, we, what, is he, what has He spoken from His mouth? What has He breathed out? Well, we know 
that the Bible is saying that God has breathed out His Scripture, the 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 Bible, the the Word of God, Second Timothy three, verses sixteen and seventeen. Right, all Scripture, all Scripture is breathed out by God, and is profitable for teaching, reproof, correction, training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be complete and adequate for every good work. And so Paul is saying very clearly that's from from the New Testament, of course, but all Scripture encompasses. You know that's absolute everything, including the book of Proverbs here that we're that we're focusing on in this study. Um, but it goes beyond that. It goes beyond Proverbs into the whole Word of God that He has breathed out. So in order to gain the treasures contained within the Word of God, we have to exert effort again in digging deep for it, and studying and reading the Word of God, and doing that uh, prayerfully. Right, going going to God and again humbly asking for the wisdom that only He can give, and the promise is that He will give it, not in, in a miraculous instant way and and, and zap us uh, with it, so to speak, but through a process. That's how it works for for you and me. And we know that men like Paul and Peter and others were uh, miraculously inspired by God to write down the scriptures, but. Um, this is a study for another time, but ultimately that inspiration uh, came to an end and the Word of God is is now complete, 1 Corinthians 13 tells us, and 2 Timothy 3.16 and other passages which speak to the sufficiency of the Word of God and its completeness that God has given us all things pertaining to life and, and godliness. So, uh, but again, we don't want to get too far off in, in the weeds uh, with that. But th- the point that we're making here is is that Solomon is he uses that word if three times. He uses the word if three times. If you do this, if you do this, and if you seek and search and so forth. Um, in the first four verses, he says that three times. And so we know what that indicates, right? If somebody says if something, then something. That We're talking about a condition, right? We're talking about specific conditions that we're being called to meet that we must meet in order to attain the blessings mentioned also in this context later as we as we move forward. And one other thing I want to mention as we move forward is that as Solomon, as we've seen him talk about the uh, pursuing wisdom as, as a hidden treasure and, and searching it out as for silver, looking for it and searching for it as it were something precious and, and valuable like silver, gold. Uh, you know, Jesus used that same kind of figurative language when he was describing his his kingdom and the kingdom of heaven, specifically in Matthew chapter 13. And the parable there that he tells, he says, the kingdom of heaven was like a treasure uh, in a field that a man found, and then he hid again. And for joy over it, he says, the man goes and sells all that he has so that he can purchase that field where the treasure is. That's in Matthew 13 and verse 44. And there's, I think there's a clear parallel here with the language that Solomon is using and the language that Jesus used. I think that would have been readily familiar and accessible to his initial audience. And we can certainly see it as we, we open our Bibles uh, that the kingdom of heaven is, is the wisdom of God. The gospel that reveals the kingdom of heaven, as we saw last week, is the wisdom of God manifest to man. 1 Corinthians chapter 1. And Paul says there also that Jesus became to us wisdom from God. 
And so we have to ask ourselves, you know, thinking big picture and in Solomon's words and searching and, and calling us to search for wisdom and understanding that that's not confined just to the book of Proverbs and focusing just on the book of Proverbs, uh, but all of Scripture. Uh, well, let's bring some more Scripture in, right? Now let's think about big picture and in, in all of the Bible. Do we see all of the Word of God? Do we see all of the Word of God and the wisdom that it affords and the knowledge of Christ's kingdom that we find in it and salvation? Do we see that as precious treasure? Is it something that we, we really desire? Do we make our ears attentive to it? What about uh, in, in Bible class, if we ever have an opportunity to go to a Bible study? What about during a sermon? What about in our own personal daily Bible reading and, and study? Do we make the effort to, to go to an assembly of God's people where His Word is, is being taught and then be an active participant in that? You know, to show up, to show up in, in church on Sunday or Wednesday or whenever the meeting time may be and, you're, and we're sleepy and we're distracted and we're daydreaming, that's, um, that's indicative of someone not truly valuing the Word of God, right? That's a disrespectful attitude toward God and His, His Word. And to use the language of Proverbs, the fool, the fool would sleep and daydream in, in the assembly. A, a fool has a lackadaisical attitude towards the Word of God, and that only contributes to the hardening of his heart. And so we have to ask ourselves, is, does that describe me? And if it does, what do I need to do to, to fix it? Am I, am I really working and digging and searching and examining the Word of God to find the wisdom of God? And do I actively try to memorize it, memorize Scripture, so that I can internalize it and, and then apply it to my, my life. If we're, if we're willing to do that, we're going to, to fill our minds like a vault. We're going to fill our minds with the wisdom of, of God. You know, when we see in Matthew chapter 4, in Jesus' encounter with, with Satan, remember there he's led by the Spirit out into the wilderness to be, to be tempted by the devil in, in Matthew chapter 4, in the opening verses 1 through 11. We see him encounter Satan there, and Satan tempts him three times, and Satan uses the Scriptures. And we see in, in Jesus an ability to recall Scripture and to use Scripture. Of course, he's the Son of God, and he's the, really the author of Scripture, uh, as we saw in 2 Timothy 3.16. But as a man... As a man in our perfect example, he he fought temptation as as a man would, because he was fully God and fully man, and we see in him that uh, ability to recall and use his his faculties as a man from memory, and in this time of trial and this time of temptation, as our example, and so that's telling you and me that we can we can be like that we can be like him. And use the wisdom of God um, and internalize and memorize the Word of God so that we can apply its teachings. And when somebody is sliding off the cracker and they're trying to pull us down with them, we can use the Word of God the same way Jesus did to, to fight that, to fight temptation. So if we will set our heart to pursue wisdom, Solomon says that we have much to gain. And so he goes on to talk about these uh, benefits now. So let's pick up where we were in verse 5. Solomon says, uh, in verse 4, If you search for us for hidden treasures, 
Verse 5, Then you will discern the fear of the Lord and discover the knowledge of God, for the Lord gives wisdom, and from his mouth come knowledge and understanding. He stores up sound wisdom for the upright. He is a shield to those who walk in integrity, guarding the paths of justice, and he preserves the way of his godly ones. And then you will discern righteousness and justice and equity and every good course, for wisdom will enter your heart and knowledge will be pleasant to your soul. Discretion will guard you, understanding will watch over you. Uh, so that's a lot to chew on, and there's so many blessings that are named in those verses, verses 5 through 11. Uh, but those promises is those promises are, are, are sure, and the first result mentioned by Solomon uh, here is that we will understand the fear of the Lord. That's what he mentions. You'll discover the knowledge of God. You'll discern or you'll understand the fear of the Lord. And what he's saying there is that in our pursuit of wisdom, in our honest, objective pursuit of wisdom and studying the Word of God, we come to have more reverence for God because we come to have a more perfect understanding of who He is. Right? David said in the Psalm, Psalm 119, Establish, establish your word to your servant as that which produces reverence for you. Establish your word to your servant as that which produces reverence for you. So where did David go and, and how did David understand that? How was he going to have a greater reverence and a greater fear of God? Well, it was going to come through the word. It was going to come through the word of God as David read and studied it and, and as we read and, and study and again through through prayer we approach God and we come to a, a more complete understanding of, of who he is and as he comes into greater focus in our minds and, and in our lives we have more and more reverence for him and that then translates into our conduct and, and affects the way we live as we live with this intimate knowledge of who God is and have fellowship with him trying to walk in his wisdom and, and exercising his wisdom as we implement it in our lives. And that's the way that Solomon is saying God preserves us. If as we pursue him through his word and, and find his wisdom and exercise his wisdom, we find that he is he is a shield. He is a shield. He is a guard. He is a watchman. As we uh, put his law and his wisdom into into our, our our practice, the practice of our lives. There's there's just kind of this sequence between verses eight and, and eleven, regarding and watching, and and being and God being a shield to us. Uh, that it's what it's indicating is that the, the means by which the Lord will be watching over us, the the means by which He is a shield to His godly ones and to His saints, uh, is through the wisdom and understanding that He will give them. That he will give us if we will but take the time, take the time to act actually pursue it and attain it for ourselves. So wisdom, and we've said this in previous studies in our in our series last week and the week before, uh, that wisdom isn't merely information. And I hope that's what you don't hear me saying as I'm talking and emphasizing studying the Word of God. Right? We're not just filling our our heads with information and getting this just kind of head knowledge of what the Bible says. Uh, wisdom is more than that. Wisdom is is more than even a direction, right? It flows through our conduct. Wisdom from God produces a quality of life, right? It's 
it's apply, it's applied knowledge it's more like a it's more akin to a skill in the bible than it is uh knowledge certainly it includes a pursuit of knowledge and a study of the word of god uh, but in practice it's it's applied knowledge right who is wise and understanding among you let him show it by the deeds done and the gentleness of wisdom james says in james chapter 3 and we see it used that way in the book of exodus also as those who were wise uh, who had the wisdom of God were there in that context with regard to the tabernacle and they were building the vestments and the furnishings and all that stuff. The, the, the ones who had the wisdom, the hokmah of God, were those craftsmen who were able to use that knowledge to shape the different parts of the, the tabernacle and the wash basins and the tables and things like this, utensils. And so that's that's the biblical idea of of wisdom, that it's this real understanding of who God is and then we apply that we apply that to our our lives we live it and we will find that that produces security it produces peace and, and a number of things here that that Solomon says will come about that we attain a real understanding of righteousness and justice he says and equity verse 9 and every good, every good course, and every good course, and so that's that's pretty absolute. That's all inclusive. When we embrace the wisdom of God and we submit to it, and we treasure it in our hearts, it, it has this transformative effect. What well, we're going to be changed, our 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 outlook is going to be changed, our perspective is going to be changed of who God is, who we are, uh, of life, and this this world, and and we're we're going to grow. In our discernment of right and right and wrong, you know that was, you know that was the whole thrust of wisdom's call. And, and last week that we saw in chapter one, at the end of chapter one, there is that she was calling to the naive. Right? How long will you naive ones love your simplicity? Uh, how long will you simple ones uh, love your sim- simplicity? And what she was saying there is not simple again in the in the sense of being uncomplicated or undemanding, but simple in in meaning those who lack sense, right? The, the naive, those who lack moral sense to make good, sound judgments and decisions that are pleasing to God and that lead to success uh, and peace in, in their own lives. Uh, and so as we as we embrace wisdom again and, and treasure it and pursue it, we grow in our discernment of right and wrong, and then we should apply that in our lives. We grow to make better decisions and make decisions that are wise and just or or equitable uh, to use the the language of of this chapter in verse verse 9 uh, so we all all of that happens all of that is a benefit all of that is a result of of wisdom and 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 really grasping and growing in God's wisdom and having a confidence that our choices are sound because they're they're aligned with His will and, and His and His knowledge and what He's revealed. And I don't know about you, but that sounds that sounds greatly appealing to me. I mean, who who doesn't want to have those qualities uh, that that God that God has and that God values? But if but if I or anybody else, for that matter, expects to find those blessings and gain that knowledge. Uh, apart from the word, I'm just kidding myself. I have to, I have to get out my Bible. I have to start reading, and again, I have to cry out for God's wisdom through through prayer. 
And then Solomon moves on from there to give two specific examples of God's deliverance, how God, how the wisdom of God and using the wisdom of God will deliver us uh, from these two specific examples of danger and evil that he holds up here in, in the text. And the first one is uh, deliverance from, from evil men. So if we pick up where we left off in verse 9, uh, you will discern righteousness and justice and equity in every good course. Uh, I'm sorry, verse 12, to deliver you from the way of evil, from the man who speaks perverse things, from those who leave the paths of a brightness to walk in the ways of darkness, who delight in doing evil and rejoice in the perversity of evil, whose paths are crooked and who are devious in their ways. So there's the first example, verses 12 through 15, of evil men. And it's a very it's a very scathing and a very ugly picture that Solomon is painting here. But I think he's being blunt for a, a, a reason that these men, he says, who are perverse in their speech, they have no integrity, uh, they walk in darkness. And not only do they walk in darkness, but they're rejoicing in this and they're delighting in it uh, and, and the depravity of, of their ways and of their sin. And they're devious. These are people who are just entrenched and they are looking for opportunities to deceive and extort people and devour them. And and this extreme picture, this rank picture comes, I think, to really magnify the power of God's wisdom because ultimately Solomon's going to come to the point and say, God's wisdom will cut through all of that. No matter as rank as they are in their evil and as corrupt and as perverse as they are in their ways, God's wisdom will deliver you, right? That's that's how he heads this verse 12. God's wisdom will deliver you from these men and their schemes. You know, a lot of times when young people get into to serious trouble or get into trouble with the law, uh, sometimes we may hear their parents say, uh, that, you know, well, he's a good kid. He just got in with a bad crowd. And, you know, we've seen the warnings before already in, in our study in chapter 1 uh, there before wisdom is introduced, Lady Wisdom, that is, um, gives us her first speech. We we see Solomon telling his son, don't give in to the enticement. Don't give in to the enticement of sinners. Don't go with them. And... He calls his son to recognize the, the folly of their, their ways. And ultimately that what they do is leading them to their own deaths and, and destruction. And we're going to see that here too as, as well, that we that wisdom helps us learn to recognize and stay away from people and their wayward paths. And that's a valuable lesson for our kids too, to, to pass that on to them and and. And show this is this is how you can escape peer pressure, and this is how you can avoid uh, wicked people who are trying to entice you and seduce you and convince you to do any number of different things that are going to be destructive to your health and your life and your future and certainly your spirituality, your eternity, your fellowship with God. The wise person, the wise person is going to be repulsed by the values mentioned here in verses 12 through 15 with the, the what these evil people relish in the wise person is going to be repulsed and, and recognize their character and their lifestyle as being in darkness and want to stay far away from that because as Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15 33 
bad company corrupts good morals. And the same applies to the strange, adulterous woman that he mentions uh, further into the context. And Solomon will actually devote an entire chapter we're going to see as we move forward in our study to confronting sexual temptation. But the same, the same rule applies here to the strange, adulterous, and, and the context. By wisdom, you're going to recognize her methods, that she's a flatterer. You're going to recognize her character, that she doesn't keep uh, the, the covenant with her companion, the covenant with, that she made before God and her husband, and she's left him, and she's not going to be faithful, and that her house sinks down to death, as you continue reading in the, in the context there. And so by wisdom, we, we will recognize those, those kinds of things. And the promise is, at the end of that chapter, after these two examples that, that Solomon gives, is that if we heed wisdom, verse 20, we will walk in the way of good men, and we will keep to the paths of the righteous. Because the upright will live in the land, and the blameless will remain in it, but the wicked will be cut off from the land, and the treacherous will be uprooted from it. We want to be wise, we want righteousness, we want justice and equity, we want to make good, sound decisions for our families and for ourselves and that please God and lead to spiritual success, well, then we're going to need His book. We're going to need His wisdom. We can have good companions, verse 20, and be opposed to evil men and strange women, and we can walk in righteousness by His wisdom. And the result, again, will be security in God's kingdom in this life and the life to come. So pursuing wisdom will be well worth it, and exercising wisdom will be well worth it. Is that what we're doing? I thank you for tuning in this morning. Please continue to study these things, and join me next week at 1030 as we continue our series. I'm Jason Garcia, and this has been Faithful Sayings.